this podcast will cover the AP U.S. History Notes for Chapter 13, The Early Republic. It is a basic overview of the time period between 1789 and 1848. In 1789, the Constitutional Convention was replacing the Articles of Confederation with the Constitution that we still have in place today. Just two years later, in December of 1791, the Bill of Rights was also added as part of the new Constitution with the original Ten Amendments that were modeled after the English Bill of Rights that was written a hundred years earlier. It is about 10 years later when the United States purchases what is known as the Louisiana Territory. It is the modern day areas where Missouri and Kansas and Nebraska and Arkansas and Oklahoma rest smack in the middle of the country, also known as the Midwest. France sells the United States that piece of land in 1803 because Napoleon has a lot of expensive wars happening and he needs the influx of cash in order to fund his efforts. So that piece of land west of the Mississippi is now part of the United States. When that occurs, it gives rise to a new idea, an idea that really still continues even in the present day. That idea is known as manifest destiny. Um, Americans believed very firmly that God had chosen them to populate most of North America, and they continue west across the Mississippi into this land that is unknown to them because they believe that it is their right. The area west of the Mississippi is inhabited by a native population who had been there for thousands of years before Europeans set foot on the North American continent. But Americans disregard that. They don't think of natives as people who own the land. They simply think of them as a hindrance. This idea that the United States has the right to expand west also helps prompt President Monroe in 1823 to write what becomes known as the Monroe Doctrine. It was a letter written by the president that would have been shared with many countries in Western Europe, and it made it clear that they were no longer welcome to come into North America, really anywhere, and claim land. Um, because of the expansion of the United States with the addition of the Louisiana Territory, it is the desire of not just President Monroe, but many people in America, that the United States continue to expand west, again fueled by that, that idea of manifest destiny. While all of this is happening at a, a the same time, there is a constant debate in Congress over adding states and allowing slavery in those states or not allowing slavery in those states. The argument settles 
mostly on the point that states should have the right to choose whether they're admitted to the Union, slave or free. But the federal government, uh, the government in Washington, D.C., argues that they should have final say in order to try and keep a balance. You see that put into practice in 1820 with the Missouri Compromise. The state of Missouri is added at the same time that the state of Maine is added. Missouri is deemed a slave state, slavery is allowed there, and Maine is deemed as a free state. And the Missouri Compromise sets a precedent that is held for the next 30 years, which is that whenever states are admitted, they're usually admitted to the Union in pairs. That way, there's one slave state and one free state, and the balance is maintained. Running parallel to all of this, of course, is a growing sentiment that the slave-holding South is not ethical. Uh, The argument over slavery still continues. Um, So even though the political balance has been struck by admitting slave and free states in pairs, um, there are still other objections to slavery. Of course, one of the biggest ones is that slaves are not citizens, but they're counted for tax purposes. So there's a, a strange hypocrisy that continues to exist in the United States. People who have a, a good idea of, of what it's like to be second-class citizens, although they're not slaves, are, of course, women. Um, the abolitionist movement is strongly aided by women like Lucretia Mott, Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Um, They are the ones who put together the Seneca Falls Convention in 1848. The women's rights movement was founded at that time and they wanted some simple things, the right to own property. Women couldn't own property after they were married. They wanted equal treatment under the law, uh, which meant, you know, they wanted to be able to do things like serve on juries and vote. They were supposed to be these wonderful Republican mothers who taught their children how to be good citizens and members of a democracy, but they themselves weren't allowed to participate in that democracy. And so the women's rights movement is um, a heavy supporter of the abolitionist movement. They want to end slavery because it is their belief that If slavery ends and these people get the right to vote, that women also get the right to vote, that their their freedom is heavily tied up in the freedom of slaves. The next big event that we will look at is the California Gold Rush. 